Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment. Let us know what you think about the episode. If you have any questions or suggestions for a guest or topic, we're always checking those. Got a list going. Um, You guys have been really great about giving us feedback, so we're working hard to be able to get those guests or topics covered for you guys. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Tony and Tyler from Dirty Hooker Diesel. Wanted to chat with them about winning UCC. They have a crazy story, a lot of adversity that they faced, and I wanted to get the kind of inside scoop or behind the scenes, um, you know, information about it, how they overcame those things, what they thought of the event, um, winning it. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide discount code for you. Just use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you're in the market for a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, um, anything like that, they've definitely got you got you covered. One of their newest models they've released this year is called the Duralock, and it's got a blade that's made out of D2 steel. Um, the opening mechanism is really smooth, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it. They've got different designs for the handle material um, and also the blades. There's different shapes, so definitely make sure and check them out if you're in the market. Use the discount code, save some money, and get some really cool gear. All right, let's get to today's episode with Dirty Hooker Diesel talking about winning UCC, the challenges they overcame, and what it was like to be at uh, the event 2023 and uh, basically recap their performance and, and what it all was like. Tony and Tyler, I'm really excited to chat with you guys today. Um, I was really paying, paying attention closely to UCC last week, and it was an amazing story. So I'm excited to chat with you and uh, be able to learn more about the competition, about your guys' team the event and then you know even more about you guys and the things that you guys do so welcome to the diesel podcast well thank you thank you for having us yeah thanks tell me uh, some of our listeners that uh may not be familiar we've had an influx of them over the last couple years where you know like when i started doing these podcasts i was a hardcore enthusiast so i paid attention to all the races all the teams all the different types of things that were going on all the development but people have kind of turned to it to say hey, my gas truck isn't working for me anymore, or I need to tow something. And they started to kind of get bitten by the diesel bug. So they may not be familiar with you guys, your company, and your race history. Can you tell me a bit about your guys' truck and your history with UCC and just competition in general, and then we'll kind of lead into UCC 2023? Uh, so I'm really uh, a ton of experience in truck pulling. Um, very, you know, being successful at truck pulling, I didn't do a whole lot of drag racing, just messed around a little bit here and there. So I never even really had just a competitive truck and drag racing. I just had uh, my pulling truck and I'd take it to the track once in a while, right? So uh, UCC uh, had reached out to us to compete. They said that they had some of the competitors uh, thought that we would be good in the competition. So um, so that's when we kind of got started in the, the whole drag racing thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was downhill from there. 
<laughs> Did you guys participate in the very first UCC? Uh, we participated in all the ones that were held in Indianapolis. Okay. So we didn't uh, we didn't go out out west. So now, when when you started it, you know, I think back to the beginning, or you know, when it was first starting, it was the first event that I knew of or that I'm aware of, where you had teams from all over the country get together and it was like the best of the best whether it was a power stroke duramax cummins no matter what it was you could see these trucks individually in different regions but it was so rare to have them all in one place so if you look back at the progression from your very first one leading into this one what have been some of the things that you would say have been the most helpful or most enlightening with growth whether it's with parts whether it's the team whether it's um advice that you got lessons that you learned what has helped you grow from the first one leading into 2023 uh, i want to say competitors it's a whole different feeling a whole different realm of drag racers versus sled pulling right uh drag racers tend to always want to help the next guy out doesn't matter what he's running they're always there to help. And so UCC, for the most part, them guys are all drag racers and dyno guys. And when it first started, I think I was the only sled puller, right? <laughs> so uh, it was really cool to see it kind of like a big family. Yeah. And everyone was more than happy to help. Um, you know, some of the, some of the guys that have been, uh, the most helpful is, you know, like the fire pump crew, right. Uh, or Derek Rose, Derek Rose is always happy to get right in there. Well, he doesn't have anything that's GM, right. But it doesn't matter. We, we always have our jokes back and forth to one another, but, uh, uh, just, it's kind of like a big family. It's, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Well, I think that's something that, that definitely bonds, not just the competition world, but even the diesel truck world itself, like the community. I talk about that a lot is, um, how sometimes businesses started way back in the day off of a forum and guys networking with each other. And somebody made a part to fix an issue on, you know, say a GM or a Ford or a Ram and, they built their business that way, or you got to know people that way. And then you'd see them at, you know, a race or something like that. And the community is a very, you know, strong part of it. And so that, that side always interests me the most, especially, you know, at the highest stakes or, or the biggest exposure. When I think of an event, it's UCC competition. Um, going into 2023, what were your guys' goals for it? I'm sure it's to win and it's to perform the best that you can, but was there anything different with this year that you guys did in preparation for it than the other years or, or how did it, how did everything lead up to, um, you know, showing up in Indy and getting ready to compete? Um, well, we felt really good about doing it with one truck, right? Um, so, I mean, that made us feel good. We, we never go in saying we're going to, we're going to win this year. Right. I mean, we just go do the best we can and, and see how the points tally up on the end. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you have, to me, if you have focused on 
just winning, you forget a lot of things, what it takes to win, right? So um, we just want to go out there and do the best we can and let the results show. I, uh, I did an episode prior to the event with Josh McCormick, and he mentioned something on there, and I think I probably spent most of the podcast talking to him about strategy because it really fascinated me how much logistics, thought process, you know, strategy goes into something like this with, I mean, so many things I don't know. I don't have a truck that that's, that's that powerful. I've never competed at that kind of power level, but I was really interested in kind of picking your battles, how you balance what you do. He had talked about being on the dyno and getting it to a certain level. And he thought maybe I could push it farther, but is it worth the risk when I need to go, you know, sled pull and things like that? How did that factor into the event, um, you know, say prior to it. So it, was there a plan in place or did you guys think very similarly as far as, you know, we'll risk a little here, but we got to make sure we keep the truck together for this or that, or, you know, other parts of the competition. Yeah, we, we've changed things. We're always changing things, right. And hoping that it's always for the better. But when you change too many, you know, when you have changes, it's trying to learn that whole setup and it's not just, it's definitely not just throw a part on and think that it's instantly going to go faster. That is, um, we struggled with a little bit of that this year. We didn't get enough track time uh, because we went in with more cubes, bigger turbo, change gear ratios in the transmission and change the rear suspension setup. Well, man, that's a whole year's worth of trying to get it dialed in again. Yeah. So we were we really struggled on our first day of drag show. Our preparation, uh, we go with a couple semi trailers of tools and parts, hoist, and we have a couple other trailers. You know, we have another trailer just for uh, the booth, and and then another big trailer to haul some of the truck pulling equipment and a skidster, and we have a big tent set up ahead of time before we get there um prepping for the event man we're we're starting to round up things a couple weeks before the event um and strategy is always rolling through my head you know what do we uh how is this going to work right uh how hard are we going to hit it on the dyno we still have a truck pull uh we don't have a spare engine um being a fresh engine with everything new, you know, we thought that that thing was going to be good for the whole event. So um, unfortunately it didn't pan out that way, but. One of the things that I love about racing is, you know, I'm thinking of people who might message into us and ask questions and it can be somebody who's just starting a diesel shop or somebody who just started a construction company, but they're into diesel trucks. So they listen to it. And some of our guests will talk about business or how they grew. And to me, racing, it's kind of, it's like sports. It's taking all the things that we work on in our personal or business lives, but you can see it manifest itself in real time. You can see the truck go down the track. You can see the dyno number. You can see the interaction with the team. And so it's a great way to see these principles that we may not necessarily think of with racing or with diesel trucks or with making a ton of power or a sled pull, but that applies directly to other questions people ask, um, you know, about their businesses or other things. And so that, that strategy part is really key because 
I think a lot of times, I'm sure you've seen this in your business, you get all these ideas and you think, should I do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D? And you kind of have to pull back, slow down and think, well, where are my resources best put? Um, how do I put the people in the right position? How do I not change too much, but change enough to still be on the cutting edge? Because if you change too much, then it all kind of falls apart. And you can see that with trucks and with racing and that kind of stuff. Um, and one of the big things that kind of it goes in line with this is um, all over the internet was the day at the track and what happened to the trucks. I wanted you to, to walk me through that. And I think it's going to relate back to uh, perseverance and, you know, kind of when you, you hit something that's really tough and hard and how you overcome it, but walk me through, you know, that, that run, what happened to the truck and how everything kind of unfolded. So leading up to the day, uh, our day Friday is supposed to be for the UCC competitors to have the track whenever they want it to get their times in and, and uh, to get down the track. And unfortunately, our time was skewed with uh, some of the classes that they had that they wanted to have for fill-in, but uh, there was a lot of, uh, I want to say amateurs because they weren't the pro guys, but uh, that were oiling down the track and we lost three quarters of the day to oil down track. So we had been struggling a little bit to get the truck to go down the track. Uh, it's making so much more power and we're having to take power away just to keep it from blowing the tires off. So Tyler had got a, uh, one pass down the track. The other times we were just blowing the tires off and we're trying to tame it down. Right. It's always tough when we have all the power in the world, but you still got to get it down the track. And uh, so we were trying to, we were qualifying for ODSS and uh, the best times for UCC. And um, I'm pretty certain we're the only team that's done both events or both, you know, UCC and ODSS at the same time. Uh, that adds a whole another dynamic to work and dedication to be able to run both events. And so we were trying to qualify for that and get our best UCC time. And we had a pretty good setup. Um, and Tyler, uh, it was moving, it was booking, but it was just, just a little bit too much spice um, when our uh, nitrous hit a little bit. It was enough to kick the tires. And Tyler, Tyler tried to – Tyler's been through some tire shakes before, right? And he, and he thought he was going to make it through it. And, man, them things are like on ice, right? Uh, if, if, if she comes loose, it's you have zero control. Um, I experienced almost the same identical wreck hit the wall, like the same way that Tyler did a couple of years ago, a week before UCC. So, uh, seen it, I lived it. Um, number one thing is making sure that the kid is okay. And then two is figure out what we're going to do next. Right. Yeah. So what was it like, Tyler, when that, when that happened? Like, what were your, 
kind of initial thoughts and, and thoughts through it once you know once the truck kind of got a little loose so well started off that weekend i was sicker than a dog thursday came down with a bad cold up here on the way down so i still wasn't like in the right mindset like i probably shouldn't have been out there but well when it happened it felt felt really good i drove like he said i drove through tire shake before it felt like stuff i drove through and i can i know the difference between bad tire shake and like stuff that is mediocre like just kind of power through it and well by looking at the video it wasn't just tire shake it was actually skipping the tires and catching traction well i can't tell that's happening i thought tires were just you know getting out of shape a little bit it's not too bad and as soon as i seen the wall heading towards me i was like ah great i i couldn't do anything like so about a second in, I'm like, yeah, I can't save this. I had parachutes. They weren't going to save me at all, but thought of it. And then slam on the brakes, try to slow the truck down before I hit the wall. And as soon as I hit the wall, first thing that popped in my head is, oh, great, the old man's going to be pissed at me. <laughs> and that's kind of just went, went through my head the entire night and just like, man, I... Should have shed a little off, you know, tire shake, but I had a lot of pressure on me. Those is probably going to be the last one of the nights, and I wanted it to be good, and it felt really good until I seen the wall. Once that, once, you know, you're okay and, and, and you know, everyone's safety's, you know, good, what is the next thing that goes through your mind? Like, how bad's the damage? Can we fix this? There's a lot of time. There's a lot of effort, a lot of money. Um, a lot of probably sleepless nights and, and thinking about it and, and putting it together. I imagine there's a lot of emotions that all of a sudden just hit all at once. And it's like, okay, what do we do? Get it back. Uh, because I've been in the situation before. I, if you've watched the dino fire, right? Uh, get it back to the tent and let's assess the damage, right? And before I actually made it back to the tent, they had the truck in the air and they had the front end off of it and starting to assess the damage, trying to see what's screwed up, what's not screwed up, what's savable. And, um, you know, in my mind, always in my mind is a little bit, well, our weekend might be over, right? Yeah. And, uh, As long as this kid is safe, I'm, you know, I'm strapping him in a missile every time, you know, I, uh, it's tough to send your kid down the track and see what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, we got back and they started assessing and we're like, well, all right, we should be able to put the turbos on it and, uh, do a dyno run. Right. And we'll have the rest of the day to try to get it straightened around to truck pull it. Right. So exactly when that accident happens, there's a million things going through the head of what's the next step. What can we do? What can't we do? Everything changes. Your whole game plan changes. So, 
um, I guess, had to get to work at it, right? How did that, how did that unfold in the, the part I'm curious about is like, did you take charge? Was it your whole team? Was it collective? Because I think back to it, it's not truck racing, but maybe things like that that might've happened with me and business or other things. And I've kind of found there's one of two ways, either somebody takes charge and everyone kind of falls behind or it's a team effort and everybody just kind of pulls together, huddles together and tackles it. And so that part really, that was part that really made me curious is, you know, I'm just watching it. I don't know any inside info. Nobody's given me reports or anything. I'm just like, oh man, how damaged is the truck? And how did they do this? Where did, where did the leadership come from? Where did the teamwork come from? How did that all unfold to get the truck up on the air, get it, you know, as, as ready as can be to compete? So something like that happens. And I think, man, how much work this is going to take. Right. And so, um, I do have, besides the team and my boys, uh, my girlfriend, Kristen is a big push, right? You know, I'm like, oh, it's wrecked. And she's like, well, you can get it fixed. And I'm like, okay, let's assess it. Right. And so I, you know, I, I just say the word like, Hey, let's assess the damage. Right. And the whole team jumps right in and they just start tearing things apart. Right. And, um, once we kind of look at every, look everything over and, and see what there is for damage. Um, I have a couple team, I don't want to call it maybe team leaders that I can rely on. And one is Tyler and, uh, the other one is Chad. Um, and my youngest son is, is coming in. He'd be, a, you know, a third trying to help make things work, but, um, I can take a break and I can go try to sleep for an hour or something like that. Um, and between Tyler and, and Chad, they, pr- they run the operation pretty good when I'm not there. Uh, when they have something heavy technical and they want to, really want my opinion on it, right? They'll wait or call me or wake me up or, or come get my opinion and then they'll run with it. So um, it's really cool. It's uh, the rest of the team, my employees that are all there, man, they're like worker ants, right? And I say, you know, let's get the front end off. And in a matter of two minutes, uh, the things all tore apart. Everyone just jumps in and does it. Um, they've been in that situation before and, and it, it works good. Right. <laughs> and, uh, people respect Tyler and people respect Chad and, um, uh, so it works good. We have, always had other teams come up and say, Hey, what do you need? Uh, a couple of guys, toolbox, boxes of parts, anything you need. Uh, some brought food, um, and we had food, but they still thought that, you know, even helping with food was awesome. Right. 
Yeah. Um, we had some customers that wanted to be spectators or whatever, and they ended up hanging with us all night, right? And and uh, helping get things going. So, uh, you know, kind of rambling off here. I don't know what's one of the key parts that I might have missed that you were. Well, I think you you really highlighted it. I think you know what I didn't know that I gathered from it is there's a system in place and trust that you have with people. So you can be, you can make key decisions if they need to happen, but you have trust with your team where it's Tyler or Chad or other people, you can trust them to, you know, assess, look at things, get things going. Um, because that was one of the things when I saw that I go, you know, I imagine it's really tough to turn it around and be ready to compete the next day. They have to have a system in place. There's a lot going on there that I need to ask them if I get them on a podcast. How how do you do this? Because people are genuinely curious about that in a lot of different ways. And like I mentioned before, with might not be racing, it could be business or it could be personal, it could be something else. We think, okay, what about when we get thrown a curveball? What about when something doesn't go our way? How do we overcome it? Well, there's preparation that can happen beforehand and trust and relationships that are built to where you guys can overcome this. So, you know, with the truck itself, how bad was the damage? Like, was it? Was it really bad? Like, I, I don't know, but uh, it, it looked like there was a lot, but you know, I, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So I, I'm curious how, how much you guys had to do that night to get it ready for the next day. So once they got the front clip off and they saw that the frame rail, and it's really strange because the direction that the frame had bent on the front, um, well, it moved a couple inches, um, but it didn't break the differential. It didn't break the steering, um, the body and, you know, the front bumper that was destroyed. And so all in all, the damage wasn't that horrendous, but, you know, it, we needed to move the frame around to get that, uh, closer to where we needed it right and then uh matter of putting the turbos on and we didn't know so we had been dealing with all season with tire shakes because just trying to get this thing calmed down and that many tire shakes on it took its toll on the crankshaft and when uh tyler hit the wall he didn't shut the truck off, but the truck shut itself off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it didn't, it was nothing alarming. Like when we're back in the pits, I fired the truck back up and it sounded okay. It had a little vibration that I didn't like, but I thought, well, maybe the frames leaned up against something or whatever. And it didn't, the little bit of vibration didn't even phase me because we've only had 15 attempts on that, on making passes on that motor. And, uh, 
so we went right to putting the triples on and, and figuring out our dyno strategy, getting it ready for the dyno. Um, we worked till probably four in the morning, wasn't it? Then some of them worked till about four in the morning, you know, getting the frame tweaked around and uh, we had to get the front differential out of it. And so we started putting our other front diff in it. But I think they were about done on it at four. And then there's still some more things we had to do once we got up uh, Saturday morning. Um, and again, Tyler was sick. Tyler was, he was down and out, but he was still there, you know, trying I, to get the thing done. I kind of took Friday off, Friday nights. I, I was shooken up. I'm like, I got to go on the dyno tomorrow. I'm a, there's already 10 guys working on the truck. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take my break tonight. Like, uh, these guys can handle it. Did, did, so, um, did any of this affect your strategy for the dyno the next day or? Did it pretty much stay the same? Pretty much dyno and stayed the same. It was just, we had to do more work to the truck to get it to where we needed for the dyno. Um, yeah. You know, that wasn't scheduled. We, our plan was is to put the triples on, uh, do some trading to get an early dyno. Original, this is the original plan is to get an early dyno so that way we could do the rest of the ODSS racing on Saturday. And then Saturday night would be a really long night because we had to switch it all over to truck pulling. Well, after the wreck, I still wanted to get an early dyno so we had the rest of the day to get it to truck pulling mode, right? Yeah. So, uh, no matter what, we were still going to be busy. It's just now that we were busy because it was wrecked for truck pulling um, and had to give up that ODSS run. So um, we didn't lose a lot of sleep over that not doing ODSS. I mean, we were there for the UCC competition. Of course, we'd love to run the ODSS. I mean, last year, we won the point championship for the Pro Street class. So uh, we're hoping we can back that up again this year, but that's we're throwing a curveball. So <laughs> it's always next year. Yeah. Well, you know, and a part that can I find myself almost forgetting about, but I shouldn't, you know, because I'm really fascinated with the story and what happened behind the scenes and stuff is you're there to compete and you're there to win. So you have the drag strip, then you've got the dyno. How are how is that factoring into this? Because you've got, you know, say so after you do the dyno. You got one more day sled pulling. You mentioned that's that's your thing. That's the thing that you love to do. That's how you got started in it. How is the competition factoring into it? Where you're sitting with the points? Can I win this? How how did that all kind of unfold mentally heading into the third day? So all day Saturday is just listening to see how we placed on the dyno, right? And normally we're down on a dyno quite a ways, you know, the Cummins would just do an awesome job at, at knocking out some big numbers. Um, but always just listening to, you know, while we're working on the truck, I'm listening to the speaker, you know, who, how someone placed and the power they made. And, you know, when we heard, well, we had third place yet on the dyno after the dyno event, well, 
we were really amazed because again, I don't know if you want to go into the dyno session yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So we pulled up on the dyno. We thought everything was just hunky dory and we wanted to hit it pretty good on the dyno. And, and so when Tyler made his first pass and the truck was breaking up horrible and we're like, something isn't right. Um, Chad and, and Exergy jumped into the log pile trying to figure something out. And I went through every connection, every, every connection on the whole truck, making sure something wasn't loose and making a bad connection. And we saw something on the data log that said we were 5,500, 10,000, 5,500, 10,000 RPMs, right? And it was just breaking up horribly. And we were around 1,600 horsepower. And we quick shave some material off of a uh, crank sensor, just trying to do any possible thing, right? And we're down to 40 seconds left on the dyno clock with me jumping up there because we forgot to turn the nitrous bottles on. Uh, I'm cranking nitrous bottles and Tyler's starting it up and there's 40 seconds left, right? And uh, Tyler did an awesome, that's the fastest dyno run I've ever seen anyone do right as i think a total of what, 36 seconds or something i yes. he brought it up and they put the load on and he did a rip well we started the dyno run at 3300 rpms and he got into it 1200 rpms so he was up to 4500 rpms and the motor shut off wow and we didn't even get half we probably got half the nitrous into it and the motor just shut off and I didn't know that the motor had shut off, but I knew it didn't sound good. Uh, it just wasn't a successful pass. Right. And I'm like, Oh man, I don't know if that was even 1600 horse. And when we walk up there, it's almost 2,400 horse. I'm like, wow, that was really good just for a little blip on the dyno. Right. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't going to run no more. Um, he did 24. So now in my mind, I'm like, you know, that should have been a good 2,800 horsepower pass if we would have had a full pass on it, right? If that crankshaft wasn't cracked. Uh, we didn't know for sure that the crankshaft was cracked, but with the misses and the way it was acting, I mean, that was what, was what I had diagnosed just by sound and, and experience. Um, so it knocked out the valve train in that motor so Tyler did what he could do and we did a, a I'm impressed we got 2400 horse out of it with the crack crankshaft it was I mean that was just a that was throwing a paper plane in the wind right so <laughs> uh, so now we know we have a bad motor and a wreck truck on Saturday right I'm like, all right, here's the second time for the weekend. I'm like, well, are we done? Are we going home early? Are we loading up? And my youngest son's like, take the motor out of my pickup. I'm like, thanks, buddy, but that motor's only going to hold 1,000 horse, not 2,000 horse, right? We're going to get halfway down the track. And I'm going to blow his motor up. That's for his truck. <laughs> so we have some really cool friends, uh, the Humpies, Humpy Junior, Humpy Senior, were there to pull 
in the truck pull uh, as one of the fillers for the weekend, right? So the, uh, I think police sponsored the pull and Humpy's had two trucks there, a two five truck and a two five two six truck and a, a three L truck. And the Humpies are like, well, we take the motor out of the pulling truck as soon as we're done pulling. So we spent, after the dyno event, we spent that afternoon, because uh, we finished up, I think, one between 1 and 2 o'clock that we uh, realized that the motor had, was spent. And we immediately started pulling the motor out and start switching the truck over to pulling stance. And I think it was 10 o'clock or so when Humpies were done pulling with their truck. So they're pulling up to the tent with a hot motor. And I seemed like there was four or five different teams doing different things all over the place in the tent. Uh, if you watch some of the videos, you see a lot of people busy and uh, pull the motor out and strip it down and put all of our goodies on that, on their pulling motor and stuck it in there. Now that night, we didn't finish until one o'clock, which was time that the pull started. So people were working on the truck all night, getting it set up for pulling and getting the motor swapped. We ran into a couple little glitches of a uh, CP3 pump gear had failed. So we thought the motor was all good and I wanted to do one last test on the CP3 pumps. Uh, this was at 12 o'clock. I said, all right, it's running. Let's, let's test. Maybe I should just test CP3 pumps. And we had one pump that wasn't doing anything. And normally that's about a two and a half hour job tearing the front of the motor back apart, change. And, uh, we got it done in an hour, but we were all tired, very tired and still push, right. Trying to do a two and a half hour job in an hour. And we got it done. We got it done. It's crazy to think about <clears throat> you have a wreck and then an all night, you know, getting the truck back together, go on the dyno, you have the time crunch, which, you know, I think sometimes hard decisions and stress, you can handle them if they're spread out, but then you think, okay, you got 40 seconds to deal with this. And then you have a broken crank, an engine that doesn't work. <clears throat> and then you have one more day to do. I've never heard of a story like this. Like I've never, I've been doing this for seven years and I haven't ever talked to somebody that's had this many things happen so quick with the stakes so high with so much that you guys have invested, which it's really cool to hear the story. So I think of now the sled pull, is it almost a relief? Like if it breaks, it breaks. We don't have to you know, redo the whole truck in a certain amount of time. It is like, whatever happens, happens. We're good with it. Yeah. Well, it's, um, this is something simple, but, uh, to load that thing back up in, in my semi-trailer, my toter trailer that I take it to all the, the events, we would have to do a bunch of tearing on it to get the pulling axle back out of it and everything else. And we had worked so much all weekend that I'm like, you know what? We're going to put that thing on the open trailer. We're taking it home in the open trailer. <laughs> we'll just take the weight box off and we'll, put the, we'll strap it down and put extra straps on the hood because the hood was lost you know of course everything's all mangled in the front she's going home in an open trailer we'll deal with it when we get home right <laughs> um 
So the fact that it was running, we got everything, got it across the scales, got it loaded up. I, I had a little concern about a little programming glitch. And I questioned a few times. I'm like, man, this just don't seem right. But um, so we were listening. You know, I have this bother me a little bit. And man, my guys are wearing holes in the asphalt there because they're just the, the anxiety, the nervousness, everything, right? We're down. We didn't know even if we could win this event at all, right? That wasn't it. We just wanted to finish, right? We wanted to get through this sled pulling and I'm very confident in the truck and its performance in sled pulling. Um, we were the last to pull. And so then we had an idea then of who we had to beat and by how far. So we really didn't have that before, right? I liked being the last one knowing who I had to beat and by how much. Yeah. And we pull up on the track and, and the truck is, comes out beautiful and I hit lock up and all of a sudden it goes into a rev limiter mode. So the thing was only running at 3,800 RPMs and like half the fuel. I'm like, what is going, what's going on with this thing? Right. And it's starting to die down. So I unlock the converter and the thing comes to life. I'm like, ah, oh, there's a rev limiter in there tied to the converter lockup switch. And uh, that thing just took off. It actually, at 200 feet, have you ever truck pulled? No. Okay. So truck pulling, it's just kind of a gradual up to speed and slowing down. If you get a truck that hooks to the track, you'll have a gradual pull. And usually when the track, when the truck hooks to the track is like 75 foot to hundred foot. If you actually hook to that track, it'll push you back in the seat. Um, you don't feel that all the time, right? It, that just happens once in a while. And it's only in the early stage of the pull because the weight's coming on so fast on the sled. You're not gonna feel that acceleration at 200 feet. You're not gonna feel that acceleration at 150 feet. It's always gonna be really short when you can actually feel those tires hooked to the track and it pull hard. Well, when I unlock that button, when I unlock the converter and that thing come to life at, it was over 200 foot, it put me back in the seat. And I'm like, never ever have I ever had anything put me back in the seat <laughs> at 200 feet down the track, right? I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. Um, so, we succeeded by beating who we needed to by a couple feet. We didn't win the truck pull overall. Um, do that little glitch. I, but that was actually probably the first time that I smiled all weekend because I was just stressed out all weekend, right? And after the truck pull and it was all over, then I was, I, think I had a happy smile, a happy face, didn't I? I mean, I don't know. I was he, doesn't, he doesn't like truck pulling. He likes drag racing. Yeah. I'll stand by the firepunk boys. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have anything to do with the truck pulling, so he was he was happy. What so. kind of what kind of emotions like, you know, after you complete all this and I mean it was like a gauntlet. 
from everything you described to me and just, you know, things, any one of those will stop, you know, most teams or trucks from competing. How do you feel at the end of it? You know, they're tallying up the points, you see, you know, where you land, you, you know, win the whole thing. What, what's that like emotionally? Um, so I'm a very emotional person and having my boys there, having my woman there, um, having my employees there, um, there was a million hugs, right? Tears and hugs and, um, it's pretty emotional. I, I don't know. It's, it's really tough for me to explain. Um, it means a lot. It's, it's something that doing that event and winning it and not knowing that we were going to win it. Right. I mean, I, I tell everyone, um, we really sucked all weekend. We sucked all weekend. The only thing that come out as we were consistent at sucking and that's how we won the event right <laughs> we were consistent and uh we won that yeah i mean that was mind-blowing very emotional yeah well you might be being humble because i think of it as it was more than just a competition you think of the problems and the issues and the fixing and the team and putting everything put together it's almost like you won two competitions you know, you won UCC, but then there's also this internal one, you know, as well with stress, anxiety, what's going on. We've invested so much time. We drove all the way down here, got everything set up. So I think it's, you know, you won two different ones, which is what I was really looking forward to chatting with you guys about <clears throat> because, you know, we can see it on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, see posts that people do. Um, but I think what really inspires people where they pull lessons from this is from understanding the time or like what Tyler mentioned with, you know, oh man, I just wrecked, I just wrecked the old man's truck and, you know, all these different things. That's what we want to hear and, and what inspires people. So it was really cool to chat with you guys. And I'm glad we had the opportunity to do it. And I know you guys, you know, people listen to this and they might say, Hey, they're just down the road from me or they're, you know, a couple towns over from me. It's always like our guests, you know, when, when they're on here, um, if people hear this and they want to reach out to you guys, maybe they need something done. Maybe they have questions. Maybe they just want to say, Hey, I was there. I watched you guys. You guys inspired me. Thank you. You know, what's a way that they can reach out to, you know, you guys, your team, um, whether, you know, website calling in, maybe they got truck questions, you know, things like that. What's the best way to contact you guys? So we have multiple ways, but it's, it's pretty easy. You Google dirty hooker diesel. There's, uh, we'll get you in, um, our website again, right? And and we're answering any uh, uh, direct messages on Instagram and and uh, TikTok and Facebook. We just maybe not right instantly that day, but we get to all of them. Uh, or they can call the shop. Uh, the shop number is nine eight nine four seven nine zero four four four. Emails are pretty easy. I mean, if they want to get to Tyler or myself, uh, just Tyler or Tony at dirtyhookerdiesel.com. I mean, it's, they can email us. Uh, we're not hiding. We're busy. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to you. Uh, no one's uh, 
there's no one that's not important enough for us to talk to and chat and, and try to help and um, do what I can, right? Well, like I said, guys, I really appreciate you opening up and, and talking to me about some of the, the things you guys face, giving us some things to think about, some lessons. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are really inspired by what you guys did. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, this platform allows you to kind of tell that story and and expand on it. So I, I took inspiration from it. I took lessons from it. And uh, I know a lot of people out there are proud of you guys. And it's it's cool to see these stories. And it, it's what makes Diesel and I think the Diesel community so special um, is stuff like this, the team that you've built, the things that you talked about. So it was a pleasure to chat with you guys. Um, I look forward to potentially chatting with you guys in the future. You got some more stuff going on that you want people to know about, definitely let me know. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing your story with us. Oh, not a problem. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, what you helped do for the community and and uh, thank you for having us on. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com and use code 23Diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. We appreciate our friends that are offering the discount code just for Diesel Podcast listeners and fans. They've got a, a ton of <clears throat> a ton of cool different models, whether you need something for like hunting, fishing, EDC, anything like that and really to meet any budget. So they, uh, they, they've got a bunch of new releases this year. I did an episode with them in January talking about, uh, some different designs that, you know, they were working on, but their latest one, is called the Duralock model. I got a few of them myself. I, I love the way that they open. It's, it's really smooth. Um, it's, and it keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it. So definitely make sure head on over, check it out. Um, and uh, if you got any you know questions, anything like that, they're more than happy to chat with you. I've had some questions about things before, so I'll email in or, or, or give them a call. So I um, wanted to remind you guys of that. And also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen and 23 Diesel, um, J. Cole, John, all of our other Patreons, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps or on our Discord, follow us on any of our social media channels. We appreciate your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast. We're hard at work getting some episodes um, you know, for you to keep you busy. You guys always let us know, Hey, I love listening to you in the shop or working on my truck or I'm out on the road. So, um, we got some really cool stuff coming up for you. Can't wait for you guys to listen to them. And, uh, if you guys have suggestions, you know, reach out to us on social media, send us an email. We love to be able to take the things you guys want to hear about and then get them onto the podcast until next time. Keep the shiny side up.